We're in a series of messages right now called Be the One. And what we've learned is that we are to be the ones that God wants us to be. So what does that mean? Well, what does it mean to be the one? Our motivation should be to be the person that God created us to be. In other words, we're not to be anybody else other than who God created us to be. And y'all, that's just liberating, isn't it? No longer do we have to live our life in competition to be as good or better than everybody else. We just need to be who God created us to be. We learn that we're to live up to God's expectations, to be the ones who do that. And we do that by living up to His purposes. And we looked at six different purposes that we're to live by, to be the ones that live by these purposes. We also learned that we're to be the ones to be kind. In other words, we're to be people who are out showing acts of kindness to people around us so that we can show the love of God to people who are in need. And there are people around us all over the place who need to know about God's love. Today we're learning something new. And we're learning that we are to be the ones who talk to God. We're to be the ones who pray. So I want to ask some questions. Uh, you don't have to respond in any way, but just want you to think about these questions. First of all, do you pray? That's a good question. Another question is, when do you pray? And a third question is, what do you pray? Even though we know we should pray, that doesn't mean that everybody does pray. Some people pray, but they just pray in times of crisis or when they feel like there's nowhere else to turn. And some people pray the same thing all the time, or maybe some people struggle in prayer because they literally don't know what to pray. Well, you came to the right place today. Aren't you excited? Because we're going to be learning about some of those things and how prayer can be such an important part of our lives. Now, what I've noticed is, is that some people have more of a passion for prayer than other people. And what I have seen about this is, and I could be completely wrong about this, but to me, usually people who really like to talk to people a lot really like to pray, too, because it's the same thing, right? It's talking to God. People who don't like to talk to people a lot, many of those people, this isn't true across the board, all right? But some of those people struggle with prayer. When I think about prayer, um, prayer is a very important part of me, personally, in my spiritual journey. I have a prayer partner. I've had the same prayer partner for over 20 years, he came into the church, he and his family, and he was over our prayer ministry. They left probably 15, or 15 years or longer ago, moved to Tampa, and now live in Sebring. I've had the same prayer partner. I pray with him every Wednesday, and it's awesome. He is passionate about prayer. He's more passionate about prayer than I am, and that's okay. Why? Because we're not all the same. Y'all remember what I just said? We don't have to measure our life according to everybody else, right? We're the people God created us to be. Some people are just wired. They love to pray. They love to communicate. They love to talk to God. Other people, you might be more like me. I love to study. I like to look in uh, the Word. or I like to listen to people and to learn. And I'm more passionate about that than I am the prayer part of it. Does that make me a bad person? Nay, nay, thrice nay. That means three times no, by the way, okay? That doesn't make me a bad person, but to be honest with you, for years I felt like a bad person. I felt like there was something wrong with me because I didn't like to pray as much as other people like to pray. That's okay. That's how God created me. But I still pray. We still need to pray. We still need to talk to God and communicate with God. And we talk to God 
in a way that connects with us personally. So I want to teach you uh, this today by, again, looking at the book of Acts. Acts is a history book that tells us about what happened with the early New Testament Christians, right? The early Christians. Jesus had ascended into heaven and all these Christians were left behind. What were they doing? How were they living? It's from their lives that we're learning who it is that we're to be. We're to be the ones who were living like they were living. And one of the things they were doing was praying. To set up the scripture for you today, I want to remind you of a story that I told you in the last couple of weeks about Peter and John. Peter and John were out and about one day and they saw a man who was lame. He could not walk. He was begging at the city gate and they healed him. People heard about this and gathered around him and they used that moment to tell people the good news about God's love, about Jesus and what he had done for them and about the power of God to heal. Well, many people heard that and began turning to God and giving their life to Christ. And the people who were in charge, the religious people, the authorities, they didn't like it. So they came and arrested Peter and John. And they told Peter and John, stop talking about Jesus. You cannot say anything else about them. And they said to these people, you can tell us what you want to. Judge for yourself whether it's right for us to obey you or obey God. But for us, we cannot help but speak about what we have seen and heard. And they let him go. They pretty much had to let him go because they hadn't done anything wrong. They healed this man who needed help. And everybody knew that a miracle had been done. And they knew they were going to have a revolt on their hand if they did anything else to them. So they leave. And now it sets the scene for what happens next. Let's look at the scripture. In Acts chapter 4 beginning in verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in what? Prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why did the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what, you, what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And they prayed. The place, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They prayed. That's what happened. They were released, they got together with the people, other followers of Jesus, and they lifted their voices to God and they prayed to him, remembering what God had done, but asking God also for his help. We're going to get into some things that we pray and when we pray in just a minute, but first of all, I just want to get really practical and talk about the importance of prayer. The first thing that all of us need to know is this, number one on your sheet, that prayer is personal. It's prayer Prayer is something that we do between ourselves and God. It's a connecting point between ourselves and God. It's a conversation between ourselves and God. We hear so much about prayer in the Bible. Another person who wrote about this 
with someone actually that the book of Acts talks about later on. His name is Paul. And Paul was very instrumental in sharing the love of God to other cities. He would travel from place to place and tell people about Jesus. He wrote a letter to one of those churches in a place called Ephesus, and he encouraged them in their prayer life. I want you to look at what it says. It's found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. He said, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I asked a couple of questions before. The first question is, when do we pray? Well, he just answered that. On all occasions we're to pray. Then I asked the question, what do we pray? And he even answered that, that we pray with all kinds of prayers and requests. So what are those kinds of prayers and requests? Well, I'm going to talk about those in just a minute. But before we do that, we really need to know what prayer is. Let me just give you the simplest of all definitions. Let's write it down. It's talking to God. I am so smart. I surprised myself, okay? That's what it is. It's talking to God. It is having a conversation with God. But I want you to think about this conversation in the right way. Prayer is not a one-sided conversation. It's a two-sided conversation. We speak to God and we listen to God. I love this scripture that I just shared with you because Paul said this, to pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Praying in the Spirit is really important because it's through the Spirit that God speaks to us. We use our mouth to talk to God, and God uses His Spirit to speak to us. Well, how does that work? Well, we can think of it this way, that God's Spirit is that part of us that causes us to have certain thoughts or certain feelings. So if I feel convicted because I did something wrong, or feel guilty about doing something wrong, that's God's Spirit helping me know that that something's not right with me, that there was bad behavior. He's speaking to me through my conviction, through my guilt, through a feeling. I feel it. He's speaking to me through that. God also speaks to us this way through His Spirit, that He confirms to us. It might be that I'm doing the right thing, or I have a decision to make, and when I go to make that decision, I'm deciding this is what I need to do, and I have another thought or another feeling, and this feeling is a feeling of peace. I have peace in my heart about this. I feel that this is right. This is God's Spirit speaking to me to help me know and have comfort that what I'm about to do is right or the way I'm living is right. I have peace that what I'm doing is right. Here's another way it happens. God uses His Spirit to help us see things or to remember things or to think about things in certain ways. God's Spirit is that part that calls us to do what we are to do. So I need to make a decision. I don't know what to do, but God brings thoughts into my mind about seeing someone in a certain way or seeing something that has happened or thinking about people in a certain way or seeing the needs of people and remembering those needs. God brings my attention to something that I may have not thought about in a long time or maybe he's bringing my attention to something that I just experienced and now I'm thinking about it. God's using our minds and our thoughts through his spirit to help us see what he needs for us to do. Y'all, is this not cool? He's talking to us. I just want to be honest with you. Most of my conversations with God are not conversations. They're statements for me. It's one-sided. It's not me speaking and listening. It's just me talking a lot and then saying, amen, see ya, and then I go on. 
Shouldn't prayer be different than that? I want to encourage you to do something the next time you pray. This might be really weird because, I, again, usually when I pray, I don't do this. But it's important for us to do it. When you pray and you're asking questions, you're seeking God. This is what you do. You're quiet. And you listen. And you recognize how you feel and recognize your thoughts. And to ponder and think, what is God saying to me in response to what I've just said to him? Doesn't that sound cool? Now prayer takes on a whole new meaning because it's not just me talking. It's me trying to hear him and understand him. It's conversation that draws us together. Here's the second thing that we learned, that it can be done in different forms. So what am I supposed to say? Many people say, I don't know what to pray. Well, let me give you some ideas. There are certain types of prayers. Remember it said to pray on all occasions with all types of prayers. Here's one type of prayer. It's called thanksgiving. So on your outline sheet, fill it in. It's thanksgiving. It's thanking God for what he has done. So I can spend time thanking God for what he's provided for me or who he's provided for me. God, thank you for giving me a place to live. Thank you, God, for a job. Thank you, God, for uh, someone in my life that you've brought my way. Thank you, God, for a meal of food that has been given to us. We thank God for his provision and what he's given for us so that we can live Here's a second type of prayer. It's the prayer of adoration. It's telling God how great he is. God, you are awesome. You are powerful. You are mighty. You are all-knowing. There are many different things that we could say about God. Just think of it this way. If you have a friend and you wanted to compliment that friend about their character, who they are, what would you say to them? You are this. You are that. You're adoring them for what they've done. We do the same thing with God. God, you are awesome because you are this. You are that. What is he doing for you? Or who is he to you? We adore him. Here's a third type. It's intercession. It's asking God for help for others or for myself. I come across someone in need. They need help. I pray and ask God to help meet that need. In fact, in the the scripture, in the prayer that we just prayed in Acts from Peter and John and the people, they were praying, God, help us to heal these people and show your miraculous signs. Why? Because there were people who were in need. But it's not only just the needs of other people. We're asking God to intercede for ourselves as well because we may have some type of need where we need God's help. What we need to do, though, is we need to pray actively. So when we ask God to help someone else, it might be that we're the answer to the prayer that we just prayed. God, I ask you to help this person, and God, if you can use me in some way to help that person in this need, help me to know what I am to do, or help me to know what I can do to help that need be met. Now it's active prayer. It's not just a prayer of, I don't have time, send somebody else. It's, I really care and I want to be available to do what you want me to do to help meet that need. But it's also in our own need as well. God, I have a need. What do I need to do to help in my own need? Do I need to be changing something in my life? Do I need to be gaining knowledge? Do I need to bring people into my life? Do I need to change some type of behavior? What do I need to do, God, to help meet this need in my life? God, help me know what to do and we listen, and we follow his leadership in our life. Fourth kind of prayer is confession. Telling God what we have said, done, or felt that is harmful. I may have said something to hurt somebody else. I may have done something to hurt somebody else. Or I might just be feeling 
have these feelings against other people that are harmful and hateful and evil. I'm bitter. I'm angry because of what's happened, because of what's done to me. And I have these feelings that are just all up in me. And I need to confess these things before God. I love uh, one of the definitions that I heard a long time ago about confession is this. Confession is agreeing with God about what he already knows. Isn't that a great definition? He already knows it. He already knows what we've said. He knows what we've done. And he knows what we're feeling. We might as well be honest about it and say, God, I'm feeling this or I've done this or said this. And God, it's wrong. And I'm sorry to have a spirit of wanting to be different and want to change. Here's the third thing about prayer. Great practical stuff. That it builds the relationship between myself and God. It's like any conversation. You know, one of the biggest problems in marriages and the reasons they break up is they stop talking to each other. They, they stop having things to talk to each other about. I'm really big uh, with people when I do marriage counseling or people having other relationships. It's like, what kind of memories have you made lately? What are you doing together to make memories? Because when you make a memory, guess what? You can talk about the memory. You can talk about what it is that you did. What is it that you're gaining in knowledge that you can share with other people? Conversation. This is just conversation 101. Conversation binds us with, with other people. We're created for community. Here's the good news. You may have nobody else in your life, but you have God. Oh, doesn't that feel good right there? Does it not? You have God. You have someone that you can bind with, to be in community with. And our prayer to him, it does this. It reminds me that I'm in a relationship with God. It reminds me that he's there. But here's the other thing. It helps me draw on the connection. It helps that connection grow stronger as I learn more about God. And I know God more because we're communicating with each other. It draws us together. You've probably heard this statement before that absence makes the heart grow fonder. Absence also makes the heart forget. And when we don't talk to God, we begin forgetting about God and forgetting about our relationship with Him. So when we take the time to talk to Him, we are literally doing something that is causing us to grow closer to one another. Here's something else. It's practical. It improves my emotional well-being. One of the problems that happens with people who struggle with emotionally is that we find our value from other people. It's the very first thing I talked about in this series, that we need to be motivated. Our motivation should be to be the people that God wants us to be, and that's it. We don't need to be as good or better than other people. If we don't measure our lives according to other people, then their opinions of us lose their power over us. Many of the people who have emotional problems... Continue to allow other people's opinions of them to control them. They allow what someone else says about them or what someone else feels about them. It has an effect on how they feel about who they are and their own personal significance, their own personal value. Here's the awesome thing. When our value comes from God, that's all that matters. Did y'all hear that? That's all that matters. And when our value comes from Him, it causes us to experience something emotionally more healthy. There have been studies done about this. 
I'll give you a couple of examples of this. There was one study done that had two different groups of people, both who were dealing with depression and anxiety. They had one group of people for six weeks, one hour a week, get together for a prayer group, and they prayed together one hour a week for six weeks. The other group did nothing. After those six weeks, the group that had prayed, their depression and anxiety had significantly reduced. They did more study from them, and a month later there was still a better emotional response from these people than the ones who had not prayed. Why? Because they're not looking to each other to find their value. They're looking to God to find their value. Another example of that, it's not just about depression and anxiety. There was another study done, two groups of people again. One, they, they, both groups of people had people who did something to, to them to harm them, okay, that was hurtful toward them. One group of people prayed for the people who had harmed them. The other group did not pray for the people who had harmed them. The people who prayed for the people who had harmed them, their anger reduced significantly and their act of aggression diminished to where there was almost nothing because they had prayed for them. And in another study related to this very thing, they had the people who were in this group that were praying, they told them the needs that the people who had hurt them, some needs that those people had. So this person hurt me, and they tell me that person, they're going through this or they're going through that in their life. They had these needs in your life. So we want you to pray for that person and their needs. And the aggression went away. Why? Because now we understand why they behave the way they behave and why they acted out towards someone else the way they did. They have to feel better and more powerful than others to find their own value. That's why they're coming against us. And it's a need. And when we know that and we find our value from God, the emotional problem goes away. Y'all, isn't this awesome? Because of prayer. Let's look at more. It aligns me with God's will. When I think about God, when I'm talking to God, I'm learning about God's will. I'm wanting to know God's will. We could have a lot of th- we, we we could say that th- there are a lot of different things that are God's will. So I just want to share with you three things that are God's will. One is this that God's it's God's will that every person feel loved. Y'all get that? It's God's will that we all feel loved. Here's another thing. It's God's will that we all improve. God wants all of us to get better. He wants us to improve. Here's a third one. It's God's will that we all find our value from Him and not from other people. All those are God's will. So when I'm praying and I'm thinking about, I know this is God's will, when I'm talking to God, His Spirit, oh y'all, this is so sweet to me. His Spirit is confirming that in my life. His Spirit's going to lead me to do things that are loving toward other people because that's God's will for other people to feel loved. God's will, God's Spirit is going to lead me to do things that will help other people improve because that's God's will for other people to be improved. God's Spirit is going to lead me to help other people find their value in God and not from other people because that's God's will for us. Do y'all understand that? So when I'm praying and remembering this about God's will for my life, I am aligning God's will with my will. My will 
becomes God's will, which allows me to move to the next thing. Look on your outline sheet. It's a way to seek answers. Now that my will is aligned with God's will, that I'm thinking the way God wants me to think, that I'm allowing His Spirit to to lead me, that when I face somebody else, no matter what they do, then I ask, how can I help this person know they're loved? How can I help this person improve? How can I help this person find their value in God? Because God will always lead me to do those things. I'm seeking answers, and the answers are to do that. God gives me a peace about doing that because that's why we're all here. That's what he's calling us to do. He's not going to call us to do something against his will. He wants us to be consistent with him. One other thing, it gives me strength to avoid temptation. When I pray, I'm thinking about God's will and not my own, my own will. When I'm praying and I'm building a, a relationship with him, when temptations come, I am more apt to not give in to the temptation because I have a strong relationship with God because I've been praying to God. If I'm going through conviction, if I feel tempted and I stop to pray, you know, this is a hard one, right? If I feel tempted and I stop to pray, my mind immediately realigns with God's will. This is how it works. When God's will comes in, Tim's will goes out. And I need God's will to come in. You know what my will is? To love myself, even if it hurts other people. You know what my will is? To hurt you, not, you, not improve you, to benefit me. You know what Tim's will is? Is to be better than everybody else so I can get the acclaim and attention of man. That's Tim's will. And that's what I'm tempted to do. That's how I'm tempted to live my life. Until I stop and pray and remember, that's not God's will. That's not going to lead me toward peace and success. That's going to lead me toward discouragement and bitterness and anger and depression and anxiety and all of these things in my life. Number two on your outline sheet. That was enough for a sermon right there. Uh, Number two. Prayer can be done together. They prayed together. They were released. They came together. That's what the scripture says. Uh, Let's find it. It says this in verse 24. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. So what does praying together do? Let, Let me just give you some of these things quickly. One, it reminds us that we're not alone in our belief in and reliance on God. Let me say it again. It reminds us that we are not alone in our belief in and reliance on God. So if we know God, if we have a relationship with Him, and we've come to realize we need Him in our life, when we pray together, it reminds us that other people believe the same thing that we believe, that we believe we need God, and we believe that we need to rely on God. Here's the really sweet thing about it. Our belief and reliance on God is a foundational principle of our community, of the community of believers, of the community of people who believe in God. It's foundational principle. So if the foundation of the community of us together is that we believe in and rely on him, doesn't it make sense that we would actually talk to him and show our belief in him and reliance on him and ask what he wants us to do as we rely on him? 
That's why when it's time to make decisions together that we pray and ask and seek God's wisdom. That's why when people are going through needs and our church is here, we look at that need and say, God, what can we do as a body to reach out and help meet that need? Here's the second thing. It reminds us of what God has done. I want you to think about the prayer. In their prayer, they remembered something that had happened in the past. In verse 25, you spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why did the nations rage and the people plot in vain? And it goes on, it continues to quote. It's a quote way back from Psalm Psalm 2, where David had made these statements about what he was facing. The nations are coming against you, God. You know how he felt the nations coming against God? The nations were coming against him. The people were coming against him. David needed to rely on God and to be bold in the face of a world that was coming against God. Does that not sound familiar or what? These people were faced with a world that was coming against God, trying to silence the message of God, and they needed to be bold in the face of that. So you know what they did? They remembered a time in the past when God did it before. Isn't that cool? Isn't it great when we have, you know, moments that we do things together? It's great when we're with other people and we tell the stories. You remember when God did this? Or your family. Remember when this happened in the family? Or we went on this vacation? Or remember this? Whatever. It brings back those thoughts of a moment in your life. And when we together think back about what God did in the past, we remember Not only what God has done, let's write this down, we remember what God can do. It's a way to remember what God can do. This is sweet. If God did that for David back then and gave him boldness, don't you believe, my brothers and sisters, he can do the same thing today. Amen? And that's what they were saying. God, give us the boldness. Give us what we need today because we're in the same situation that David was in. We need to be sharing the message of truth so that these people discover you and discover what we all need. In fact, that's the fourth thing that we can see through this. It's a way to remember who God has provided. It's interesting that, he, that, that they prayed about David, but then they also prayed about Jesus. In praying about David, it was a reminder, yes, God gave David boldness to be able to face the enemies that came against him. He was like a savior to the people of Israel, David was. And it's from the line of David that a savior that would one day come, whose name was Jesus. So what do you know? In the prayer, they start start talking about Jesus. In verse 27, Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They bring up Jesus because they realize that Jesus was the answer. In fact, Jesus was the reason why they were doing everything that they were doing. Jesus was the reason they got arrested. They healed the man. They got arrested because they were talking about Jesus and his love for them and his dying on the cross and being resurrected. And they tried to silence the message. This was the passion of Peter and John and these people of this day. They knew that people needed a Savior and they wanted people to have a Savior. You know how they knew it? Because they needed a Savior. And God had radically changed their life through Jesus who became their Savior. 
If you're a Christian today, that's you. That's what Jesus did for you. He, you're imperfect. We're selfish people. Jesus died on the cross for our sins to take our punishment. We deserve to die in our place. But Jesus died in our place for us, was resurrected to defeat death, show his power over death once and for all. He did that as a gift for us so that we could be forgiven of our sins. We realized we're trying to be our own God and we're not strong enough and powerful enough and big enough to deal with everything in our lives. It's funny how it gets to that place, right? When we finally come to a need, I need someone bigger and greater than me. And if you're a Christian today, there was a day that you realized that very truth in your life. And you realize that you need God, but we don't deserve God. That's the problem. We need God, but we don't deserve God because we're not good people. We do things wrong, all of us. Yet God still loves us anyway, and that's why he sent Jesus. Don't you want your friends to know that? Don't you want your family to know that? Don't you want your community to know that, and your city to know that, and your nation to know that, and your world to know that? That was the basis and the reason these people were praying for boldness. We live in a world where people are trying to be their own gods, and they are trying to silence the message, God, like you did for David, and gave him boldness, like you did for Jesus, who was willing to give his life on the cross, Give us boldness to show your love to the people that we know. And that's what we're to pray. We should be encouraging each other to do that. That should be a big prayer thing about all of us when we come together as believers, those who are Christians who are here today. We should be encouraging each other that we all would be bold in the face of people who want, want us to be quiet and to shut our mouths. Because there are a lot of people who don't like what we say. You have figured that out, right? Some people in your family don't like what you say. Some people in your workplace don't like what you say in your neighborhood. Some people who are friends, lifelong friends, don't like what you say. And they'll do everything they possibly can to silence the message. The problem is the message is what they need. And that need is love, a love from God. Third and final thing and we're done. That, you know, that second thing? That was like a whole message by itself, too, wasn't it? It's like, we got two sermons already today. Let's go for three. I think we'll go for three. Number three, pray, prayer, excuse me, can be used to gain God's help. I, obviously, we look to God for his help because we need his help. In the scripture, we read these words in verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. A couple of things here. First thing, I just talked about it. We need God's help to be bold in the face of pressure. We need his help so that we remain strong when these pressures come. Think about what these people were facing. They were facing arrest. Peter and John had been arrested. They were facing bodily harm. And they were facing even death. Jesus was put to death because they were trying to silence Jesus' message. Those were the pressures that were coming against them. And they needed the help of God to be able to stay true to the message no matter what pressures came their way. And we need his help to do that. But there's a second type of help that we need. We need God's help to meet the needs of others. 
they realized the best way to be able to win the right to be heard by the people who needed God was to help them in their time of need. That's why they prayed, God, God, heal them. Show your miraculous signs and wonders. He would do that to prove who he was and his ability to be able to meet the needs of people around them. People need God's help. You know people who need God's help. And God may be wanting to use you to be a person who helps those people who need God's help. I want you to think today about your needs. We're about to have our time of prayer. And it may be that you need somebody to pray for you today. Well, we just talked about prayer, so we're going to do it. Just a moment, our, our staff, some of our staff are going to be up in the front of the worship center here on, on the, the main level. And if you need somebody to pray for you, we want to give you an opportunity to come and just, just go to them and say, I need prayer for whatever. Or it might be that you have somebody that you know who has a need and you want to pray for them. It's time for us to, to pray together, to do it together. I want to encourage you to do that. It might be that you don't feel comfortable praying with one of our staff. You just want to come and kneel at one of the chairs or down here in front, just kneel on the, the ground and pray. Or you just want to pray where you are. Whatever it is, I want to encourage you to pray. Let me help you understand your greatest need. There may be people here today who don't have a relationship with God. The world wants you to be your own God and be in control. And maybe you're coming to the place where you realize, I'm not big enough to deal with my life. And I need God in my life. And I know I have sin. I know I, I do things wrong. I know I don't deserve God's love shown to me through Jesus. But I desire that love given to me through Christ. The most important prayer you can pray today is a prayer of salvation to give your life to Him. We put something new in the back of your seat pockets there. It's on the very back of it. It's a card that says, The Journey Begins. And it has a prayer. It's a prayer of salvation. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins and ask for your forgiveness. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps daily by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and for answering my prayer. This might be the prayer that some of you need to pray today because you're not a Christian. You're not a part of God's family, but you want to be a part of God's family. I want to encourage you to pray that prayer today. It's right there in front of you. Just take it out and pray that prayer from your heart toward God to give your life to Him today. At the end of our service, I, I, we would encourage you to do something. Just We want to pray for you, for you to just write your name and information down. Back in the back, to my right, to your left, there's some high tops back there. After everybody clears out, we'll have some people back there, and we have some, some things that we want to give you. We want to give you a brand new Bible, a really awesome, nice new Bible, and a devotional guide, a 40-day devotional guide that will help you as you begin your journey. We would love to do that for you today. Just take the card back there and say, here, I became a Christian today. Don't know what's going on. We want to pray for you and encourage you. Whatever God leads you to do, let's pray now. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. As God leads you to come, you come. Just one.
God, thank you so much for what you've said to us today. God, I thank you that you want to talk to us. You want to hear from us. And God, I pray that as we speak to you, that not only would we speak words, but God, that we would open our ears, open our minds, open up who we are, God, and sense and understand your answers to us in prayer. God, I pray that you would help us to be used by you to meet the needs that we pray for. God, I pray that we would have such a compassion for those around us, God, that we would pray to want them to experience love. God, to want them to be better and to improve and to want them, God, to find their true value in knowing you. Thank you, God, for what you taught us today. Be with us, God, as we serve you and as we pray to you with hearts fully devoted. Thank you for what you've done. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.